The Chicago White Sox lost to the Dodgers on Thursday afternoon, 11 to 9. It was one of the crazier games of the season. Uh, the White Sox did have a 4 nothing lead at one point, and then things went from bad to downright uh, jaw dropping as Tony LaRusa once again embarrassed himself by his decision making. The White Sox lost the series and now welcome the Texas Rangers to the South Side. You are locked on White Sox. Your daily Chicago White Sox podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Sox fans, welcome to Locked On White Sox. Thank you for making Locked On White Sox your first listen uh, each and every day. Uh, We're free and available on all platforms. Uh, Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked on Sox. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, just search Locked on White Sox. Uh, hey, I'm your host, Nick Morawski, a lifelong diehard Chicago White Sox fan, uh, recording this podcast just blocks from the ballpark in beautiful Bridgeport. You can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore GGTV. Really appreciate you letting me steal some of your time to talk White Sox. A Lockdown White Sox is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, uh, your team every day. Uh, some interesting moments in Sox history that we're going to get to later on. And uh, hey, at least the Sox kept fighting on Thursday afternoon. Uh, and Tony LaRussa is out of control, but will anybody stop him? Uh, it is Friday, and it is a real treat to welcome uh, my co host from the Good Guys Talk Back, a weekly White Sox podcast. Uh, Pat Hester, thanks for joining Lockdown Socks. Nick, it's uh, it's great to be here as always. Thank you so much. I just uh, consumed a, an unhealthy amount of cookie dough ice cream trying to drown my sorrows in uh, in Thursday's loss. Oh my goodness! Uh, we are going to get to all of that uh, and more. State of the Socks, twenty six and twenty nine after they lost to the Dodgers Thursday afternoon, eleven to nine. They lost that series, and our White Sox are still chasing. Uh, the Twins and Guardians in the AL Central. It was the 55th game and the 55th different lineup. Uh, however, Lori Garcia was on the bench after his awful night on Wednesday where he was 0 for 4 with three strikeouts in the leadoff spot. Uh, Danny Mendick moved back to the top of the order. Uh, Andrew Vaughn, uh, the 24-year-old Andrew Vaughn, back in the game after his day of rest. Um, it's... Uh, it, it was good to see a little bit of order restored. And Pat, the White Sox uh, were winning at uh, at one point, four nothing uh, after four innings, and then things fell completely apart. Let, let me take you to the beginning of the game when you saw that Danny Mendick was back uh, at top, and uh, our twenty four year old uh, Andrew Vaughn uh, was was well rested, and he was able to return. Or did you feel a little confident, like okay, things are back to normal again? Well, it it always feels better when you look at things and you go wow, this looks like a, a sane decision that's being made to start out the day. That's good. That's a good start. We're, we're in a good point in the day. Um, there, there's really no reason to have Leary Garcia do anything else other than, you know, come in for a defensive replacement anymore. Maybe uh, if there's a, I don't even know why you'd want him in as a pinch hit opportunity, but his limit, he needs to be limited in time. And it needs to be opposite for Andrew Vaughn. He needs to be out there as much as humanly possible in big series like this was. I'm sorry. This is a this is a measuring stick. This was this was supposed to be a preview to the World Series, according to a Jeff Passan. 
This is where this team is supposed to be looking across the diamond against that team. You need to put out your best. I don't care. This, this is no longer early. It's not just another game in May. It's not just June. Just because these justs are going to run out soon, Nick. So it's time to start going. Like I tweeted the other day, take your best nine guys, figure out where the best possibility that they could hit and get your best return on investment and go to the damn copy machine and hit copy for a week and just see how it unfolds for you. Try and get these guys in a roll and get the hell out of their way. And, and, yeah. and that's how yeah. I feel about it, Nick. Yeah. It, it seemed like that's where the socks were going. Um, as they wrapped up the Tampa series and uh, you know, how things started with this LA series just felt like, okay, th- this makes sense. I feel like the pattern starting to form, uh, you know, the, the brain trust, the, the front office, uh, Tony LaRusa and the people that he surrounds himself. I think they maybe are getting into some consistency, a bit of a rhythm. Uh, and then, you know, Wednesday night happened, which still it was sitting in my stomach on Thursday morning. But when I saw that lineup, excited, excited to see Dylan Cease dealing throughout the game. Mm-hmm. You know, Sachs put some things together that we'll talk about later in this episode. There are there were some silver linings. There was some offense in this game. Uh, but, Pat, it really comes down to this, you know, this sixth inning uh, where people will be talking about this decision by Tony La Russa for a long, long time. Pat, you and I have known each other for over 20 years. Uh, you, as I am, lifelong White Sox fans. We have watched a ton of baseball uh, together you know, separately, you know, your family is a big White Sox family, as is mine. And the things we are seeing uh, recently uh, from Tony La Russa, I, I just it's you can't even justify it anymore. And what we're speaking of specifically is in the sixth inning, uh, Tony La Russa decided to intentionally walk Trey Turner with a one and two count to get to Max Muncie. Uh, the numbers really didn't support this move that we'll talk about in a moment here. Muncie hits a three-run home run, and I, and I love this part. He just glares at the dugout uh, at Tony Larusa. Probably was yelling some things at him, like "How dare you!" Uh, while he, you know, after he hit that home run, um, it, you know, things got out of control after that. Uh, not only on the telecast, but nationally. You know, from mm-hmm. what the Dodgers broadcasters were saying, Jeff Passan is tweeting about this. Uh, confusing. I mean, I don't think it's happened all year. Chuck Arfine mentioned in the post game that someone has been intentionally walked that had two strikes on them. <laughs> Maybe only happened twice last year. Tony LaRusso's reasoning is just like you can't make sense of it. The fact that he even doubled down on it is horrifying. Your thoughts, Pat, on this new development uh, with Tony LaRusso. Well, it's it's odd, Nick, because I see a lot of tweets out there that that Tony LaRusso is managing in an old school mentality and he's not looking at data and he's not making moves based on on saber metrics and things like that. First of all, I this move, I like you said, I've I've been watching baseball for 30 years, Nick, you know, back as far as I can remember. I'm 41 years old almost. I don't remember. I don't remember ever intentionally walking anybody with two strikes as an old school mentality type move. I, I don't know what type of move this is. This isn't old school. This isn't new school. This is this is insanity. 
I've, yeah. I've and you said it's happened twice in the past. It happened twice last year. I, I, I'm flabbergasted by that. Who in their right mind would do this? this now this it might have be, been a full count. You know, it might have been a three-two count, and they needed to just you know uh, intentionally walk somebody. Uh, but with a one-two count, you know, with two strikes like this, uh, this is unheard of. Let, this, let me give you some yeah. numbers here, Pat. Uh, Trey Turner career versus left-handed pitching uh, after a one and two count. Let's hear the slash numbers, 258, 310, 390. Uh, Bennett Sousa, who was on the mound, career versus right-handed batters after a one and two count. Uh, slash line, 167, 286, 167. Okay, pretty good. Larusa traded that for Max Muncy, career versus left-handed pitching, 251, 365, 492. And Asusa career versus left-handed hitting, uh, 300, 389, 367. A lot of numbers I just threw out there. What that really tells you is that is even further mind-blowing that that actually happened. And Tony Larusa decided to make this decision. Now, to the to the point of he's not using metrics and he's not using numbers. Then what was he doing last week in Toronto, trying to hit all lefties because someone told him the numbers were better? Because Manoa was on the mound, and uh, you know he gives it up to lefties. Uh, you know, you know, it's like selective how how he wants to use it or doesn't want to use it. I don't understand. He's over Nick. He's over managing, and I don't know that he thought he'd have to manage this hard. Do you think he? Because I think he came into this situation thinking, "Man, I, this this team on paper looks fantastic. I probably don't have to do too much other than just be a guy out here, put out the lineup card, and let it go." and we're going to win 90 plus games easily and probably win this division while I'm here. And maybe I get a crack at another world series. I don't know if this has caught him so off guard this year that he's had to think so much, but it's not working well for him. And I also have a, a weird suspicion and maybe this is crazy. Maybe, maybe it is coming from outside. Maybe it is coming from a Rick Hahn and maybe Rick is trying to influence too much and, and Tony's listening to him. I mean, is it outside of the realm of possibility that Rick is meddling with this because he thinks that he knows best? I mean, that's what happens in a lot of other organizations these days, Nick. Yeah, it's definitely possible. I want to come right back to this because I also want to tell you what how Max Muncy responded uh, to what happened uh, to him. We're going to talk more about this Tony LaRusa situation, and we are going to get to some of the silver linings uh, from the offense on Thursday. Uh, more on all of that. Uh, in a moment. Uh, hey, as the sun comes out and small businesses are back in business, LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier to grow your team. Uh, LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the people you want to interview faster and for free. Uh, create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience. You can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. 
uh, to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, we have an important favor to ask you. We've put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Lockdown Podcasts even better. Uh, this is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about Lockdown Podcasts. Go to LockdownPodcasts.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long, and everyone that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards to take our audience survey. Go to LockdownPodcasts.com slash survey. All right. Um, so, you know, we're talking about this Larusa situation. Again, a maddening situation on Wednesday, hitting Lurie in the leadoff spot. Okay. I, I don't think he did any favors to Lurie when you look at the numbers there, which are, you know, numbers are out there. It's, I don't understand why he's using certain numbers and he's not using other numbers. Uh, he definitely doesn't like to be questioned in the post game. That's for sure. Uh, and, and that was no different Thursday. Uh, but this is what Max Muncie had to say uh, about basically Trey Turner being intentionally walked with two strikes to get to him. So Muncie says, you know, the baseball mind in me gets it at the same time. I don't know that walking someone with two strikes is ever uh, the right move. Uh, and this was James Fegan, our friend from The Athletic on Twitter. Uh, Tony LaRusso expressed surprise on multiple occasions that there were second guessing of his decision to an issue, uh, an intentional walk to Trey Turner on a one-two count. He believed that Turner against a lefty, even with two strikes, was a much bigger threat than Muncie against a lefty. So, Pat, uh, there you go. Um, crazy. Yeah, stop the insanity. Do you remember that infomercial, Nick? To stop the insanity, I think it was a weight loss woman. That's what I feel like. Stop the insanity. We need to get this figured out. I, I, I tweeted earlier today, Nick, that I've spent a lot of time defending Tony La Russa and and some of his decisions. It goes back to last year, getting this team navigating through the injuries and and getting them to the point where they easily won the division and got into the playoffs. I spent a lot of time saying there's some credit that's due to Tony for that. But I think he's, I think he's completely lost. He he's, he's completely gone off the deep end in terms of decision-making right now. And it's, and it's affecting the team. Usually it's like, okay, the, the, we, we can overcome a manager's bad decision here or there, but it's costing them games now, Nick. And it's a problem. It's a problem because, um, you know, he is untouchable. Uh, there was this article written that I referenced in yesterday's locked on socks episode. It was in the tribune, by Paul Sullivan, basically an op-ed piece telling Sox fans to just deal with it. LaRusse is going nowhere. And you and I agree with that, I think, for the most part, as do most Sox fans. Jerry hired Tony LaRusse, and unless it becomes to a point where it is uh, a shot to Reinsdorf's ego um, or it's an embarrassment to the organization, namely to Reinsdorf, uh, he realizes that LaRusse is becoming a national, just a laughing stock. Then maybe there could be a change. We might be at that point uh, right now. It's just so tough to defend him. And when someone is untouchable, Pat, and they don't feel like they are going to be held accountable for any decisions that they make, that's when you're dangerous. Mm -hmm. That's when you're really dangerous. Do you feel like he's at that point? I don't know if he's actively going out there and saying, uh, you know, F this, I'm going to do whatever I want. And then to heck with anything that anybody's got to say about it. I, I just don't know that he's 
really in sound mind to make good decisions right now. It just doesn't seem like he is. And to be honest with you, if, if Rick Hahn was worth his salt, he would go to into, into Jerry and say, listen, it's either, it's either me or him. And cause I don't want to be linked to this mm, for my career. Mm-hmm. And, and Rick Hahn for as much, you know, you know what, as we give him sometimes for bad decisions, he's made enough good decisions. He's been in the game long enough. He could get a job like that tomorrow. I've got no doubt in my mind that he would be employed and handsomely paid to be a, a, a vice president, a GM, something in somebody's front office. If it were me, my pride was on the line. I would say if I'm the general manager and I'm allowed to make decisions for this team and that's what I was hired to do, this is what I want to do. And if you don't agree with it, then I'm walking out the door. Yeah, there uh, there obviously are so many other problems with this White Sox team. Um, the ongoing issues of Mankata, uh, when can he play? Why is he not on the IL if he's hurt? You've got you know the whole Aloy situation where you know his his rehab stint has now been shut down down in Charlotte uh, because of normal quote unquote leg soreness and. That might get ramped up again next week. You got the whole Grandal stuff. Uh, there are sacks have a lot of problems. Um, so the fact that they now also have to fight these decisions made by Larusa is what really is maddening. It's like mm-hmm. they're ready, you know, playing with a hand behind their back and maybe you know blindfolded. And for Larusa to not set them up for success is is crazy. Um, you know, Cease. Uh, Another outing where he did not give up an earned run. Cease's final line, four and two-thirds of an innings pitched, six hits, six runs. As I said, zero of them were earned. Uh, Three walks, eight strikeouts. Foster, we mentioned Souza, uh, who had that sixth inning with Muncie. Lopez, Crick, Ruiz, uh, they went through quite a bit of their bullpen. Berger had a had an error as well in the game. Um, you know, it, it's odd. It's Mancata can't play defensively apparently these days, and you got to use Berger's bat. So Berger's in there playing, and you know, you know, he had an error. Okay, Mancata's the better defender, but if Mancata can't play. You know, what's his use to us right now? He's no. confusing to me. He is. He is confusing. I I mean, I've been talking about moving him back to second base because that's what I believe. I just really believe you need uh, Burgers bat in the lineup and, and the heck with the, whatever defense you get. But at this point, Mankata doesn't deserve to have a roster spot. You need to shut him down. If he's to the point where he can't function and give you anything, you're just wasting a spot. And, and he doesn't deserve, he doesn't deserve any playing time, to be honest with you. Neither does Yasmani Grandal and neither does Josh Harrison. I know he had a triple today, but there's got a lot of guys that just are do nothing for you in this lineup right now. And it's so sad, Nick, because we talked early on the season and I talked about how deep this lineup was with all these guys. And there's, there's, you know, opposing pitchers can't take batters off because of the, the depth in this lineup. And right now it's, it's Swiss cheese. Uh, I want to, uh, in a moment, I want to get to another guy, uh, Gavin Sheets, that came up in a big situation oh. and it's just kind of, it's just lifeless. Uh, so we'll talk a little bit of offensive numbers and some, uh, some noteworthy White Sox oriented moments uh, that took place on June 9th, some historical stuff. I'll get to that uh, in just a moment here. Uh, I want to tell you about Athletic Greens. I've been taking AG1, their flagship product for a while now, and I've noticed an improvement in my overall metabolism, better sleep, and I just feel better. Uh, so with one delicious scoop of AG1, 
you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, and probiotics to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things. Athletic Greens is over 7,000 five-star reviews, is recommended by professional athletes, and trusted by leading health experts. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself. You're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. Uh, right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash MLB network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash MLB network to take ownership over your health and pick up the daily, uh, ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hey folks, betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including this year's basketball championship matchup, the NHL Hockey Conference Finals, Major League Baseball, and of course, all the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC to boxing. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Uh, head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Uh, Bet online where the game starts. So, Pat, uh, Sox, you know, they had some offense. I mean, they scored nine runs, uh, which is not uh, an easy thing to do against the Los Angeles Dodgers. They, they pitch well, and there were some rallies. The ninth inning, uh, there was a rally. Eighth inning, particularly, it was 10 to 5 Dodgers at this point, and the Sox got something going. Bases loaded with nobody out. Uh, Yaz hits a liner off the pitcher. Uh, they try to go to third, no play there, then a wide throw the first two-run score. It's 10-7 L.A. Still nobody out uh, with Ingle up, and runners on second and third. Ingle strikes out. Harrison strikes out, uh, and Mendick drives one uh, to right but it was caught by Betts, end of threat. Um, ninth inning, same situation. You got Vaughn and Robert on, Abreu with nobody out, um, Abreu up with nobody out. He strikes out on a pitch literally two feet out of the zone. Mancata walks, and there was a wild pitch infield hit. It's 11-9 L.A. with Yaz up, one out, runners on first and second. He pops up to third. Sheets pitch hits for Engel. Sheets strikes out to end the game. So right there, Pat, you know, in that little rundown, you've got guys like Harrison, uh, Yaz, and Sheets all coming up uh, with in critical moments, and uh, they are just dead space, man. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, I get it. Hey, head off to Harrison. He got himself a triple, but I feel like in big moments with runners in scoring position, uh, yeah, and it's not just those guys; it's the whole team. Yeah. Um, guys, especially like Sheets, man. I, I got no. I just have no more patience. You know, Nick. It's just, isn't it amazing? It just doesn't seem like there's been a, enough joy this year. And and that was today was a day we could have had some joy. You could have had a big walk off home run or something, and come back all the way and beat the Dodgers twelve to eleven in a wild game, and it quiets some of the craziness where where we've been focused a lot about Tony Larusa. It just doesn't feel like, you know, this is really our year. 
Obviously, it's not. We're three games under 500 and five and a half games out of first. It, the, those are the types of things in winning seasons where you go, oh, that moment. Remember that moment when Sheets came up and he was struggling and boom, he hits a bomb in that wild day game on a, on a getaway day on Thursday afternoon in June. What a day that was. And you could point to moments like that. And, and this season is so void of any of those types of moments. Every game is a grind. Every game is wringing your hands and gnashing your teeth and questioning this and questioning that we, it would just be nice to relax and enjoy a baseball game for once. Yeah. I, I hear you. I, I don't know if that happens this weekend with the Rangers coming into town and they're about at the same record as we are, but I hear you. It's exhausting. It's absolutely exhausting to be nitpicking and uh, micromanaging. And you know, you, you just, uh, that when it was four, nothing on Thursday, I felt like, wow, okay. Cease was dealing this is how it's going to go. The Sox are going to win the series. This is wonderful. We're back. You know, Larusa put a pretty good lineup together. It, it makes sense. And it wasn't to be. And you know, we're just waiting. Great point. We're waiting for something to just kickstart uh, this team. Um, and I, I don't know. It felt like we waited a while. Like last year, the Field of Dreams game was definitely one of those games that kind of. Mm-hmm help the Sox jump. I I don't know what that's going to be. So we have to go back in history and talk about White Sox uh, because that's where we're at right now. Just to, just to maybe go back down memory lane. Uh, June 9th, a lot of things happened, Pat. Um, uh, White Sox oriented 1963 Hawk Harrelson made his uh, MLB debut for the athletics in a pinch hit appearance against the White Sox. Uh, 1971 Ed Farmer, made his MLB debut on June 9th uh, for the Indians, earning a save against the White Sox. Uh, And in 1974, on June 9th, uh, Ron Sano hit two home runs, one inside the park, and Dick Allen hits his 300th career home run. And then your man, 1996, the big hurt, Frank Thomas, hits his 200th career home run on June 9th uh, back in 96. Who is that again? Let me get, uh, let's see. Oh, I've, I, I know his uh, 400th is against Tampa Bay. His 500th was when he was against the Twins. His first was against the Twins. Who does that home run against? Does it tell I, you? No. Ah, well, no. Now, uh, well, I'll now find I'm, it. Now, I, now that's going to bother me the rest of the day. I'm sure you could look it up somewhere. Well, I will. <laughs> uh, so Davis Martin uh, is going uh, for the Sox uh, against the Rangers on Friday. Uh, he'll be making his third start. He, he has a 4.35 ERA and a little over 10 innings. And like I had mentioned, Rangers are about the same as we are record-wise. So, you know, you never know what's going to happen. Have you liked what you've seen uh, from Davis Martin? I, I mean, with a four-plus ERA, Nick, I mean, how can you really like uh, – how can you really be in, infatuated with that? That tells me that we have to score five runs, and that that scares the hell out of me, to be honest with you. It's uh, it's not an ideal, uh, I think, ERA, but it's such a small sample size. You know, I I kind of have liked what I've seen. You know, uh, he had a rough outing his uh, his first inning the last time he uh, he pitched, but then he settled down. I mean, not perfect, but uh, I think this is what we're going to get right now until Lance Lynn hopefully comes back. Uh, just serviceable, you know, guys yeah. that you know can just you know, more than warm bodies, but essentially warm bodies. Yeah. And, and speaking of Lance Lynn, not, not the most impressive uh, no. rehab so far. So you're right. We're going to have to go with what we've got to be honest with you. And and we've seen some flashes 
from our, our what we think is going to be the future of this staff for a long time. And a Kopech obviously having a fantastic outing the other day. You know, Geo has moments where it's like, wow, this really feels great. And, and then it kind of falls off the off the cliff a little bit. Same with Cease. So mm-hmm. it's we have to lean on these guys and they have to be a little bit more consistent here for for, you know, for my liking. But again, my concern isn't with the, with what's on the mound. It's more with what's on the lineup. Yeah. Buckle up, buddy. It is going to be a, a wild summer. Um, it really is. It's going to be another roller coaster. I, I don't know if I can handle it. Can I get off the roller coaster? No, I feel no, like I'm going to be sick. Like I'm going to throw up in my saddlebags. No, no, you're, you're unfortunately stuck on this one. Uh, <laughs> you and you and I together. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, my friend, uh, once again, for joining uh, the Lockdown Sox podcast. Nick, it's always a pleasure. Thanks for asking me. And anytime you need me, uh, you just give me a call. I will. Uh, you are on Twitter, Pat. You are uh, at Pat Hester 21. Yeah. Follow me at Pat Hester 21. And uh, I, I like to give some thoughts out there and uh, follow me, like me, love me, all that <laughs> stuff. You know, uh, I'd love to have another friend. Yeah. I really appreciate it, buddy. Pat Hester is my co-host on the good guys talk back Chicago White Sox weekly podcast. It has been a pleasure Uh, talking with him over the years. Uh, He and I have been friends for so long, so always a treat to get his thoughts on what's happening with the Sox. Uh, Folks, thank you so much for making this podcast part of your daily routine. You can find the Locked On White Sox podcast absolutely everywhere you find your podcasts. We are on Twitter and Instagram, at Locked On Sox. You can find me on Twitter, at Nick underscore GG. TV. Thanks for making Locked On White Sox your first listen. I'll make your second listen uh, locked on MLB with Paul Francis Sullivan. Just call him Sully. Uh, he brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues past and present. It's free and available uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, coming up in the next episode, I'll recap the weekend that was for our White Sox. Hopefully it's a sweep of the Texas Rangers. Appreciate you making time for the Lockdown White Sox podcast. I'm Nick Murawski. Until next time, go Sox.